Hi everyone, welcome back to the Human Again podcast. A couple weeks ago, I had a artist that I really like release a new album, and I was listening to it and really enjoyed it. I liked all the songs, but as I was listening to it, I had a thought about how I know there will be people who will come out and criticize the music or criticize the album, will say it's not very good. Already, you know, some of the YouTube videos had plenty of dislikes, you know, hundreds of people disliking it. And it got me thinking about the idea of criticism and why anyone would criticize something in the sense of like judging it or tearing it down. I think there is a place for pointing out, oh, this could have been done better, giving feedback, things like that. But wondering what's the point of criticizing something just to say, this is bad, I don't like it. And often when people do that, they'll do it with kind of this air of, I am superior because I recognize that this isn't very good and trying to put down people who do like it saying that, oh, you don't have very good taste, that maybe I'm smarter or know better than you to realize that this is not very good. But what I think is funny about that is that when I look at it, I realize often all that is, is just that person being less able to enjoy something that I can find enjoyment from. Rather than being superior, the person who's critical of it is actually just less capable of finding enjoyment from the same things. And so then that begs the question of why criticize at all? What's the point if you're just getting less enjoyment from something? Because in my mind, a true critic, their job would be to sharpen their senses, in order to better enjoy the subject content of what they're a critic of. So for example, wine sommeliers or people who are into coffee or, you know, whatever it may be can pick out a lot more of the subtleties to be able to say, wow, this is a really good quality. You can tell this slight variation of the acidity or the bitterness or, you know, the flavor profiles and characteristics that someone who's not a critic may just totally gloss over and not even realize how good or important it is. But at the same time, I feel like that shouldn't take away the ability to enjoy something that doesn't have those same complexities and subtleties as well. So for example, in my own case, I've done a little bit of baking with artisan breads and sourdough, and so I could start to appreciate some of the smaller details about the texture and taste and uh, just what to look for in a good bread. And I could appreciate that more when I eat it, maybe more than someone who doesn't have any knowledge of that. They may just say, yeah, this is good bread. Um, But I can maybe get a little bit more enjoyment from it because I can recognize the ways that it's been elevated above just a standard, regular loaf of bread. At the same time, I still have the ability to enjoy a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on store-bought bread, and I don't have to pick it apart and say, wow, this is so terrible, it's got a bad crumb, and it's, you know, the wrong texture, and it was underbaked. Just because I have an appreciation of something more complex or subtle doesn't mean I have to lose my enjoyment or appreciation of something 
more simple or more basic. So one of the concerns I see about criticism is that it creates boundaries to enjoyment and appreciation and to our ability to have gratitude because it's not giving things the chance to prove themselves. So some people will be really picky about foods and so they might just criticize things automatically without ever trying something and giving it a chance and trying to understand, okay, why is this actually enjoyable? Why do people like these flavors or this type of food and giving it a shot to understand what they're missing. And I feel like a lot of times we'll get into the habit of just criticizing something and putting it down. And so then we just discount it altogether and say, no, that's not any good. Everybody who likes it's just weird. Or more importantly, I'm worried about when this happens with other people where someone will criticize someone else without trying to understand where their value lies and understanding all the things that make them unique and that make them special and all the things about them that are maybe a little more subtle and less apparent than just the big, broad things we tend to look for of attractiveness or intelligence and can gloss over of how they may be someone who's very compassionate or very loyal or who has maybe some quirks, but underneath that they just have a real genuineness or maybe that they are very intelligent in certain ways and that you've just never given them a chance to express those things because you're too quick to criticize and say that, oh, this person is annoying or they don't fit the mold that I'm looking for. And this is where it's important to check our lens because if we're expecting to find certain things then we tend to find those things much more easily than if we are keeping an open mind and not finding opportunities to criticize. I've seen this happen in a lot of areas as well when dealing with creative content. So anything from songs or speeches, um, sermons at churches, often we will be much more critical of it coming from a source that's not already popular or famous because we assume that when it does come from a popular or famous source, we expect it all to be profound and go in giving them the benefit of the doubt that if there's a lyric in a song that just doesn't seem to make sense or if something just doesn't seem to work we give them the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, they did that intentionally, or there's something deeper to it. Whereas if we hear maybe the same exact thing from our neighbor or someone who only has 10 followers, we assume that they're just not very good and they made a mistake. And we often don't dig deeper in it to say, oh, there's actually something deeper going on here, that they are using the subtlety and complexity and that they're doing something a little bit differently. We often never give them the chance to think about it in that way and realize that they're saying something deeper. Or if it's a sermon from your pastor or someone at your church, you may not think that there's going to be anything profound. Whereas you could hear that same thing from a national speaker and say, wow, this person has so much wisdom and they're so impressive 
just because you're expecting that from the person who already has more of a following and you're not giving the person in your own church the benefit of the doubt to say they may have something very profound to say as well. One of the areas where this really comes out in uh, clear view is in the area of politics as well. If you look at anyone who's very devoted to a particular party, it becomes very apparent that they use a very different lens for anything they're hearing from their candidate versus a candidate that represents a different party. So each candidate could say the exact same sentence, and the person may interpret it in a very positive way from their own candidate and completely criticize and pick it apart for the candidate on the other side. Because we go in with this lens that the person who represents the other party has to be wrong, no matter what they say. And so we're looking for every way where, oh, well, this doesn't add up, and that doesn't make sense, and you're not accounting for this. Whereas in our own party's statement, we automatically go in thinking that they're going to be right, they're going to have thought through this, they're smart, that's why I support them. And so we give them the benefit of the doubt and say they know what they're talking about and the criticism against it isn't valid. So we need to be careful about having this premeditated criticism in a sense where we're going into something purposefully wanting to criticize rather than giving it a chance and trying to find ways to enjoy it and appreciate it, to find ways to support and agree with the person that we're listening to. So the question is, why do we criticize in the first place? Why would we judge something or feel negatively or get angry about something just in order to get less enjoyment than someone who does like it, who says that this thing's good or I like this person or this food is good or the song sounds good. What I think is that criticism often comes from people just wanting to fit in with others or from wanting to feel superior. It's trading the joy of the thing itself or the appreciation of the thing itself for some sort of social merit or to try to prop yourself up in your own mind. So in the example of politics, often we will criticize someone else because we want to fit in with our own camp, that we want to be on the in crowd that is also criticizing them and find that common bond to say, yeah, I hate that person too, or yeah, that doesn't make any sense, rather than giving them the benefit of the doubt and being willing to say, oh, I actually agree with some of the things here, even though I don't agree with them on a lot of other things. And this gets really difficult because the need for belonging and fitting in is such a basic and ingrained need in all of us that it's not something we could just easily break out of and say, okay, yeah, I'll just go with the unpopular opinion or say that I do enjoy something when everybody else tells me that I'm supposed to hate it. And with the internet these days, that can get out of hand really quickly as well because 
it only takes a few people to start the ball rolling on making certain things just poster childs for, oh, this is bad, you're supposed to not like this. And then it's very hard for anyone to go against that because there's just millions of people that jump onto a bandwagon of criticizing something or tearing it down. I had a friend the other day post on Facebook talking about how the reason most people don't like Nickelback is just because someone told them they were not supposed to. That Nickelback's just become this meme about, oh, that's a terrible band. Yeah, it's they're so silly and dumb. But probably the majority of the people that are talking about that or carrying on this story about how, you know, Nickelback is terrible, probably don't even have a strong opinion one way or the other. Maybe they've never even listened to Nickelback, but they just want to fit in. They just want to be part of the community and say, yeah, I'm with you guys too, to feel that sense of belonging, rather than listening to it and say, oh, I actually enjoy some of these songs, because they would rather have the community element of fitting in rather than the enjoyment of the thing itself. And it's okay to say, you know, something's not your particular cup of tea. It's okay to say, you know, I just, I've tried this. I don't like this particular flavor or food. I've listened to this band, but I don't like their music. I just don't understand the speaker, whatever it may be. It's okay to say, yeah, that's just not for me. But there doesn't need to be this passionate outcry or this judgmentalism of this thing's terrible, nobody should like this, or anybody who does like it is wrong. But it should be something much more open-handed of, yeah, this isn't for me, but I can understand why other people would like this thing. And it should be okay to own our opinions when they're different from others. But this gets really difficult when we don't have a clear sense of who we are or when we're really trying to fit in and to have a place in the community that we're part of. The comedian Pete Holmes has told a story about when he and his wife were talking with a musician friend of theirs and how the friend was kind of talking about his music and saying, you know, that the, he wasn't like the Lumineers and how, you know, kind of putting them down as not a very good band. And his wife just kind of went along with it. And it's like, oh, yeah, totally just not wanting to offend or cause a stir. But he ended up interjecting and saying, we love the Lumineers. Like, we listen to them all the time. And, you know, if that means we have terrible taste in music, so be it. But, you know, we enjoy this. We like this thing. And there really is that tension where, you know, his wife, even though she enjoyed it as well, felt that pressure to just go along with it. And often it is something very quick like that, where we'll be in these conversations and maybe someone will be putting down or gossiping about someone else. And we just want to go along with it because we don't want to cause this tension or this conflict, or sometimes it's something more simple of just criticizing and saying, oh, I don't like this kind of ice cream, or I don't like this band. And we want to just agree with them because we want to belong. But it's okay, and it should be okay, for us to say, 
I actually like that thing. And I find enjoyment from that. And we shouldn't have to feel bad saying that actually this thing can be good. And we don't have to criticize it. We don't have to say this thing is not good because there is a place to find enjoyment and to get gratitude from it. In the book, Braving the Wilderness, Brene Brown mentions how it's often very satisfying and enjoyable to bond with others through shared criticism or judgment. She calls it common enemy intimacy and says about it, common enemy intimacy is counterfeit connection and the opposite of true belonging. If the bond we share with others is simply that we hate the same people, the intimacy we experience is often intense, immediately gratifying, and an easy way to discharge outrage and pain. It is not, however, fuel for real connection. It's fuel that runs hot, burns fast, and leaves a trail of polluted emotion. If we live with any level of self-awareness, it's also the kind of intimacy that can leave us with the intense regrets of an integrity hangover. Did I really participate in that? Am I engaging in, quite literally, the exact same behavior that I find loathsome in others? So I think we need to ask ourselves, if we find ourselves criticizing a lot of things or criticizing a lot of other people, are there actually insecurities that we need to address? Are there issues of belonging and wanting to feel part of the group? Are we having trouble recognizing our own worth and trying to put others down just to feel better? I find that often people who are very critical and quick to put others down are the ones who are most insecure and eager to be accepted. That it's often not about how strongly they feel about the thing itself, but just wanting to find a way to feel good about themselves or wanting to find a way to find connection with others. Often we'll blame other people simply because we're insecure and that we can't take the pressure of the shame of owning up to our own responsibility and our own deserving of some portion of blame. And so it becomes much easier to disperse that outward to say it was someone else's fault or to criticize someone and say that they're not very good in order to feel better about our own shortcomings or about our own sense of not fitting in with the group. Another issue I see with criticizing things is that it can often muddy the waters for others as well. That when you hear someone criticize something, it can make it more difficult to enjoy that thing in the future. I've heard certain people say, you know, this movie's not very good, or this artist isn't very good, or, you know, had a friend that said they went to a concert once and this particular artist was kind of a jerk to some of the people there. And when people say those things, it does become a little bit more difficult in the future when I'm listening or watching those things, because 
I feel this pressure to, I need to dislike this in order to be in the same camp with my friend. I need to, even if it's not a conscious thing, it may be just a subconscious feeling of, should I still enjoy this person's work even if they may be a jerk, according to someone else? Even if I don't know the context of what happened in that case. And again, this forces me to choose between enjoyment or belonging. If everyone says a certain food or movie is terrible, we feel like we have to defend ourselves if we like it and find enjoyment from it. And so I think it's important to be careful about what we say and what we do criticize, realizing that it may not actually give anything useful to someone else and may instead just rob them of some of the enjoyment they otherwise could have gotten from that thing. Now, I do want to say that I still think it's okay to give constructive feedback and to point out ways where we can maybe say, hey, this could have been done better, or this fell short in these certain areas, and here's what a different way to do it would have been. But I think the main part that I'm trying to caution against is this criticism that's just purely negative and purely destructive to say this thing's bad, stay away from it, and just discounting it altogether, rather than trying to actually analyze and say where its merits and shortcomings are. And I also think it's very different from the idea of justice and calling out things that are real problems that need to be addressed. There are certain abuses and injustices that need to be criticized in the sense that we draw attention to them and hold the people accountable for the actions they're taking. And so I don't think we should just say, oh, well, don't criticize anything and let anyone do whatever they want. There is an area for calling for justice in wrongdoings and in things that are not right. But I think that's different from just criticizing and judging things that are, you know, maybe more subjective or that are more about enjoyment or just about evaluating individuals and writing them off completely because you don't like certain characteristics about them. One other area of criticism that I think we need to be watchful of is criticism of self. In the same way I talked about how criticism often comes from insecurity and looking for belonging, often it will come along with self-criticism as well. That outward criticism is often a natural outflow of inward criticism and that insecurity of telling ourselves, I'm an idiot, or I can't do anything right, or I'm the worst. And the more we tell ourselves those things, the harder it becomes to live out a different story. That I talked before about how criticism can give us this narrow lens where we start to see only the things that we're looking for. And so when we get into a habit of self-criticism, of telling ourselves 
that I'm no good or I'm not very smart or I'm the worst, then we start to only look for the evidences of those things and make it harder and harder for us ourselves to see the actual values and amazing things that we have and to tell a different story about our lives to say, I actually have a lot of capabilities and characteristics that are very noble and admirable. Fortunately, I think that as we dive in deeper and understand where criticism is coming from, it can also make it easier to be less affected by receiving criticism, both from ourselves and from others. If you recognize that harsh criticism or criticism that's coming from a spirit of judgment and negativity is more about a reflection of how good the critic is at enjoying life. And it's not so much a reflection of the subject matter itself. If you can recognize that, it helps you understand that you don't have to feel any differently just because someone is criticizing more passionately. That if you enjoy the content itself, others' opinions about that thing don't have to change your level of appreciation. And the same goes for our own thoughts and self-criticism. You don't have to absorb the negative thoughts or let them make you feel bad. You can just acknowledge them and tell yourself that they're an inaccurate picture. And also watch your own reactions. And if you find yourself criticizing many things very easily, ask yourself whether that's coming at the cost of actually enjoying the world and the people around you. Ask yourself if that's coming from insecurities or from a desire to fit in or from a desire to feel superior. Be mindful of how you receive or interact with criticism. Don't just automatically accept it about others without question in order to fit in. If you're receiving criticism, again, don't just accept it without question. Look at where the criticism is coming from. Take what you need from it to improve or understand yourself better, but don't take the hate or insecurity of the other person. You can accept the fact that you just aren't some people's cup of tea and that's okay. And you can accept the fact that you may like some things that are not other people's cup of tea and that's okay. Practice enjoying life and enjoying who you are without constantly checking to make sure you have all the right opinions or dislike the right things. Being more critical or putting things down doesn't make you superior. What will be much more beneficial is if you can find enjoyment and appreciate even the smallest things that other people may completely miss the value of. See you next time.